Mm, the big sip. Oh my goodness. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, the very first episode of The Big Sip, where we are spilling that knowledge on some sip that matters, <laughs> you know, amplifying the brown and black voices of, of our beautiful community, Napa Valley, beyond, uh, really trying to highlight and focus on uh, having an emphasis on, you know, the wine industry, the culinary industry, the arts industry. There are so many things to tap into. And really, that's what this show is about, spilling that knowledge on the people doing the work day in and day out so that we can all just go ahead and, and make sure that we are amplifying those voices. We're bringing that diversity to the table, equity to the table. I'm your host, Gabriela Fernandez. Super excited to be here with all of you. And more than anything, so excited to just be kickstarting the series with one of my favorite people on this planet. And when I tell you, you are going to be blown away by this human. Um, she, is, she is the epitome of just everything wonderful. And I actually, it's so funny. I met her right in this very exact same studio over a year ago, and she was actually focusing in. She came in to talk about this new program she was launching. She was the director of public programs for CIA Copia, and she was here to talk about conversations at Copia, which was all about sustainability, all about looping in a, an incredible human, and just knowing that she was here, and it originally just started off as like a, hey, I'm here to, for you to tell me about this show that you're doing and it quickly turned into a friendship. I mean, let me tell you, I would not be lying if I say I didn't lightweight try to stalk Miriam. <laughs> I enjoyed our interview so much. I was determined to make sure we were friends. And now we're we're on the same quarantine. We are. So without further ado, I am so excited to present to you Miriam Ahmed. I am so excited you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot tell you, this is maybe my favorite seat in Napa <laughs> over time. Like getting to meet you at the time when we were really in the beginning of launching with Andrew and, and creating this program around conversations at Copia and just bringing new voices to the stage and with some really awesome people who were established to just open up these conversations, not just to the people in the restaurant industry or hospitality industry, but to the curious consumer who was really just wanting to know more about what goes on behind the scenes. That was... That was really an amazing journey, that series. And it was really kind of my capstone series because it was at the end of 2019. And, and we all know what happened with 2020. <laughs> we know, we know. I got lucky. I got a couple in before before we really got shut down through March. But that was really something I'm so, so proud of producing for and sure. I, I was literally blown away just going as a guest and just seeing everything that you put together. Again, you know, the, the Big Sip is, is really inspired by people like you who are doing the work and that show that entire series was the heart of what it means to bring knowledge power education and all of these different voices in an industry where we're trying to amplify you know black individuals brown individuals people in the lgbtq community mm -hmm. um who were incredible chefs culinary partners mm -hmm. uh, not just you know because they're incredible for for doing what they do but then they also had the sustainability focus and they were focused on how do i bring other people into this picture with me which um is something i've always admired about you you, you said this thing to me once 
we were on a hike where you said carry as you climb and that has stuck with me since you said it and I'm just like that is that defines you I know that because of, of the number of, of months now that I've gotten to know you years I'm, I'm going on to years now yeah. the friendship is increasing <laughs> um, but it really just defines I think everything that you're all about you know you are always at the center and core of chefs, sommeliers, activists, making sure that you're amplifying the BIPOC community, the voices in that community, making sure you're advancing women, mm. anybody interested in, you know, <laughs> engaging in what they have as an idea and actually bringing that to fruition. Like you are the magic that makes that happen. Well, thank you so much. You should follow <laughs> me around everywhere and do my <laughs> elevator pitch for me. That would be amazing. Um, but you know, I, I can't take credit for Carrie as you climb. It's something that I read a time ago and have really, it just hit me. It struck me as something that absolutely should be a mantra. Um, I also very recently had a conversation with a gal um, that I'm working with that she said, you know, if you get to the top floor and you're in the elevator, you send it back down. You do. You better make sure that you aren't just kind of walking through doors and closing them behind you. And I've always, I've always felt that way, of course, about women, um, of course, about anyone who is looking to really enter, especially those who, who might not otherwise have a chance, you know, really diversifying how we look and feel as a hospitality industry, food and wine industry, just making sure that we're holding the door open for everybody who wants to come in because this, this industry is not singular not at thrive all in singularity not so. at all and i mean I, I mean just take something as simple as wine right which we're drinking some yes. fabulous wine. thank Cheers. you so much yes absolutely <laughs> can't have the big sip series without some wine that you're sipping on I'll while you're trying to spill some knowledge but you take a look at something as the wine industry an over 60 billion dollar industry and there's no way we can say that there's no space in there for anyone except for, you know, the, the Anglo voice, the white voice, which we're, we're very mm. familiar with. Um, there needs to be times and, and all the time when we're creating spaces for other individuals to come in. And, and, you know, you think about wine and just how diverse it is from the varietal to the regions where it's being grown, the people behind it. Mm. I mean, if there was no diversity in wine, you'd have really boring wine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so the same thing when it comes to just the amplification of who's operating in these industries, you know, what are we doing? What are we working with? We've got to keep that amplification and that diversity going. And, and you, I, like I said, so excited to have you here. Um, this powerhouse of a woman, how do <laughs> How did she become what she became? Walk oh me through what that looked like, your journey through this. Um, I feel like my parents would probably have conflicting stories about this, but I'm definitely one of the lucky ones in that I'm known, I think, at my core for a long time that hospitality was it. I just didn't always have the word for it. So when mm. I was younger, real young, I would host my mom's friends uh, after church, actually, <laughs> for scheduled, you know, basically self-care time. I would file their nails for them <laughs> or give them a little $1 a minute shoulder rub. $1 I know, a I was minute. Moment, I was maybe seven. I don't know. You're I was, a baller. If you got a 60-minute massage, that's $60 in your Everybody pocket. Everybody needs candy fund money, okay? <laughs> I mean, that's I, Let's talk about what's important right now, right? The candy fund. I was fund. prioritizing any candy I could get. And 
and I got it by hosting <laughs> my mother's friends and, and keeping a, a schedule and a black book and all of the all of the things that you would you know now expect. Okay, well, that's a highly organized individual, and she was making appointments <laughs> at the age of seven. Shocker, she's in the hospitality industry now. But at the time, you know, it didn't really it didn't really necessarily mean I was headed on that path. Right. But it's just one of those first examples and. When I was really also young, I learned uh, how to type on my first gateway computer. For, for If you know, you know. Throwing it back. If you gateway, know, you know. Oh, my god! On the gateway computer. The AOL okay. chat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody I, had the same background screen, right? <laughs> the cow box. Like, the cow print. And I had one, and I, I learned how to type and print, so I would type menus up, and I just... You know, my family wasn't always together when I was growing up, and so those special holidays, bringing everybody together over, you know, a curated menu, was, it was me that forced my family to really have some kind of tradition mm. every year, and I would type the menus, and it just was, again, I think my parents were like, I don't know, who's responsible for this? Like, my mom's <laughs> looking at my girl? dad, and they're like, he's looking at her, and they're like, I don't know. Where'd and, you get this from? Yeah, so my parents truly were really supportive, but had no idea what to do with me. Both had very scientific backgrounds, did not grow up knowing they were going to be hospitality professionals <laughs> that to this day are not hospitality professionals. Um, but it was, it really kind of just became ingrained in, in everything that I did. And even in high school and, and my early, early college years, I was just the organizer of everything, sort of the epicenter, the glue of everything, whether it was a, f a vacation with friends or a dinner party or a prom planning committee meeting or you like, you name it. I was at that meeting on time and taking roll call, of course. So. And let me tell you that hasn't changed because anytime I get excited about something, I'm like, I need to loop Miriam into this conversation. Because uh, you are yeah, you're the person fun. who takes the idea and brings it to fruition. Yeah, that, I love seeing, everything you do. I mean, I really love seeing, okay, if you take the idea, the grain of the idea, and then you see everyone sitting down around a table and like you see the lights come on in their eyes and in their cheeks as they're smiling or the pop of a wine cork, or the setting of a plate in front of someone. There's just so much magic there, and I've just always felt that way. So I did, I went to school for hospitality. I fell in love with wine while I was there. I've been in the wine industry really since I discovered I could be. I carved out an internship uh, for myself at a Finger Lakes winery, awesome. and that led to a, working for a distributor in New York City, and that was my first experience in the big city. In the big, uh, she started off in the big city. Check her I out. I was an upstate New York native, had not lived in New York City prior to my college years, and then I really loved it. And and more and more, I got introduced to producers and people in the wine community through my work at the distributor, and just sort of kind of started to realize that there was this real magic around west coast living mm, is there <laughs> you don't still say. in love with here i am Napa seven years specifically. <laughs> and i just thought you know i love new york so much but it's all i know and i don't want it to be all i know and so i moved out west in 2013 and moved to walla walla washington Go Walla So Walla. nice they named it twice. So nice. They, I love that. <laughs> um, a really amazing wine region. Such fantastic people, full of entrepreneurial spirit and pioneering spirit. And I got my winemaking degree while I was there. And then all of that came to a head when a position with the Culinary Institute of America came open here in California in the Napa Valley. And I just thought, 
while I, I can see how all of the things I've done, including booking manicures and pedicures for my mom's <laughs> friends at church, had come into play to make me successful in this role. And, and it's true that it did. It kind of all culminated. And that, that factor of being the glue um, really came into play with my experience at the culinary because I had really had to kind of consensus build and get people around a table and have discussions and build a department and then get people to agree within the department. Yeah. And there was just so much growing and scaling and creating that if I hadn't had that experience kind of leading into my work with the CIA, I think it would have been a lot more challenging. So, you know, that's how I ended up where I am now. Incredible. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, and, and just to be clear, mm -hmm. you didn't know any, like you just decided I'm booking my ticket yeah. to Walla Walla. I know no one, but this is where my compass is leading me. Yeah. You know, I, I had, I knew I wanted to be in the wine industry and the more time I spent with producers, the more time I realized how much the making of wine I, I was in love with the idea of it and ro I romanticized it so much. I still do. I already have the degree and I still am like, it's so amazing. <laughs> but I didn't know anybody. My, the, my main objective was to attain a degree in viticulture and enology without spending too much time outside of the industry. Mm -hmm. And I went to hospitality school and it was fabulous, except there was really no baseline science. And so I was looking at master's degree programs that were going to take me four years. And I was already really at a stage in my career where taking four years away to not potentially become a winemaker, but to obtain the degree was, wasn't worth it didn't make for sense. me. And it didn't make yeah. sense. It didn't click. But when I went to Walla Walla, the people that I met, honestly, I love soil and dirt and the dirt was awesome. And I just, <laughs> I, the big sky and the yes. mountains, I just, it was the right place and the right time. And yeah, I booked it. I drove, packed all my stuff into a little sedan, drove across the country and I'm here still. I have, you know, I, she's liking it, here. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she's liking the it. The West Coast is stuck with me <laughs> to my parents' dismay, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, they've visited and they're like, oh, I get it. How do you, you know? how do you push through that fear? So like, I'm thinking mm. about, you know, someone who's listening right now, who's like, yes, I've always wanted to, whether it was the wine industry, the culinary industry, whatever that passion looks like for them, wanted to just dive into this space that was just so curious for them, right? Curiosity, they say kill the cat, but I say, no, it just opens up more doors for you and gets you some, mm -hmm. some questions that you wanted answered. <laughs> um, talk to me about pushing through a little bit of those maybe initial fears that really just propelled you to position yourself to where you are right now. I mean, you know, I think it's important to say that I, I didn't have everybody's support when I made that decision. You know, I had a I had a great job in New York. I had a great four year degree. To a lot of people who who didn't take the time to understand, it wasn't their decision. <laughs> <laughs> Key number one: uh, you, you know, run your own life. <laughs> yeah, externally, externally, it seemed like what is she do? She's going to trade in this New York City life for overalls and and hand a career tools. she has a question mark on it right and uh and uh is she really going to become a winemaker who knows you're going to trade that in so i had this external pressure too of people who were like why are you even thinking about this and you know what i appreciate 
them challenging me because it was those moments that actually mattered the most because it was then that I could really read into my gut and say, I, I know this is the right thing. And for anybody who's considering this leap of faith, you know, it's, it's real. The closer you get to who you are meant to be and who you are going to thrive as, the more fear rises to the surface. Oof. So the closer you are, yeah, you're probably a little bit scared and you're probably a little bit uncomfortable and feeling awkward, but you're probably really close. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. That's right. Like the closer you are to the edge of your comfort zone, the closer you are to expanding. Like you just, you, you know, and I mean, I can only speak from, from my experience, which was I had never driven across the country I had never really spent much time, really a lot of time out West, but I was so, it was maybe the last time I've been that sure in my whole life for, for real. One of the most sure times where I've been like, I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that. And never in my life have I not known what's going to happen on the other side, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a bet on me. I'm going to put my chips down on Miriam. Yeah. And I love that. And you did that again in 2020 when, you know, this yeah. has been a wild ride for so many people this year. Um, industry shutting down, you know, people losing their jobs. I know everybody out there has been impacted in some way, shape or form. Um, but it's also really beautiful when there are challenging moments and we can take sometimes the sourest lemonade, that lemons that we've been handed <laughs> and make something that resembles lemonade, right? Or we can take these mm. grapes that maybe have some smoke taint to them and try to make this beautiful expression of wine. And, and you are doing that right mm. now. You just launched officially Miriam and Company, your own actual company. Yes, I did. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so excited Thank for you. you. Thank you so much. It's been a, probably a long time coming <laughs> given that I was running a business at age seven, at age seven. <laughs> but it, it, it's an, it's an, been an amazing journey. And I mean, also still, even though it's again, seeming like this is an amazing leap and an amazing journey. I went through my own period of grief of it being not exactly on my terms. Mm -hmm. You know, I had so many plans in the queue and big ideas and big dreams, but I really wanted to make those decisions on my terms. And there are so many people this year who have lost so much in, even if they were preparing to, to not have it be on your terms is so challenging. Yeah. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in conversation with people like that. But in the hospitality industry, in the restaurant industry, wine industry, we're, we're, we're fighters. We we're are. Scra we're scrappy bunch. We're scrappy. You know, innovators and people who kind of don't take no for an answer. <laughs> so it was just the, it was also emboldening to hear so many people say, well, that didn't work, but this is now how I'm, this is what I'm doing next. Mm -hmm. And to be taking leaps of faith along, you know, along with me in their own journey, it's encouraging. You know, you say, okay, well, I think I'm ready for this risk, but 
you do need time. You know, I think everybody needs time to mourn so much from mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to acknowledge it may not have been on my terms, but here I am anyway. And, and there's a direction I can still head into. Absolutely. There are, there are still options. Yeah. And we just got to look for them and, mm-hmm. and, and not just look for them. Have that opportunity, have that courage to take the leap of faith into yourself. (laughs) And, and, and again, whether that means, you know, asking for help or asking questions. I mean, I'm a big believer in, we don't know the answers to the questions we're not willing to ask. And Mm -hmm. as uncomfortable, as uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as it can be to ask those questions sometimes, as uncomfortable as it can be to like, be the first person to, to do that outreach because your, your fear of rejection or someone ignoring you or whatever that looks like for you manifesting, it just has to be something that we transcend. And there's no, at least from what I've been able to discover, there's no magic formula except for just doing the damn thing. No, yeah, you just got to kind of dive in for sure. And I wouldn't have known, I mean, I wouldn't have known about the Walla Walla program if I hadn't been also speaking with uh, someone who was interviewing me for a position in Walla Walla for a fantastic winery, they acknowledged the experience I had and they Mm -hmm. said, you know, this position might not be great, but we're hearing for you because you, it wasn't a good fit because I was ready for a really big challenge. And I think they sensed that. And they said, we're so happy that you are interested in Walla Walla, but maybe this program could be a good fit given what you're trying to go after. And if I hadn't been more honest and asking really discerning questions of them, I maybe would have not found out about the program. You You know know what? I love that you just said that because I think sometimes the mistakes that we make is we're so eager to want to get to step D before even going through A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we trade a little bit of that honesty with ourselves for mere relatability and yeah. we can't mm. do that because that's, that's when we find ourselves in in situations where later you're not happy or maybe it wasn't what you expected. But it's when we can stick with our moral compass, with being honest and true to ourselves, mm-hmm. we whatever waters we're treading through, it we're guided right to where we need to be. Whether or not we understand what's going on all around us, it somehow just ends up just sticking sticking to what 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 you end up needing to get in that moment. For sure. And you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm less and less surprised now, but you'd be surprised how many people are so willingly available to help right now, you know, to say for you to say, I don't know the answer to this, but I feel passionate about it. Can you help guide me? The number of people who have so much experience that are willing to say, I'm happy to give you 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of my time to help you through this and to see you come into this industry and and welcome you into it. Mm-hmm. Or even just generally speaking, Sometimes it's incredible. <laughs> people, are, people are available. People are available and open and willing to say, to, to listen really and to guide you, you know? So I think, yeah, sometimes we do skip some steps sometimes unintentionally and sometimes we'd bite off a little more than we could chew. Mm -hmm. But right now it's, it's a little bit, it's encouraging to take a risk because people are here for it. People are saying like, this is what I know and what I've learned. 
please use this. Yeah. Let it be of service to you. Yeah. And and you're doing that right now with your company that you just <laughs> launched, Miriam and Company, which is amazing. Um, make sure if you're not uh, following her, if you haven't checked it out, we'll make sure you have that web page for you to for you to go and search right before we wrap this up. But she's about to spill some knowledge and let us know what's the big sip. Well, the big sip on Miriam and Company is that I help brands connect to and really grow their audience by offering curated programs and experiences. And that sounds like a really top line description of what we do. Because it, you know it is, Because it is. Because it is. All right. <laughs> but, but what that really means is we help brands understand who they are and how they want to communicate to people through the experiences that they can offer. And, you know, right now that means virtual I think in the future it's going to be both absolutely. People are now yeah. very used to this idea Space. of being somewhere mm -hmm. without being somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, and we're going to have to deliver even, that. Exactly. And I think it's even more important in a virtual space yeah. to try to bring out that connectivity that we're all seeking. Right. Absolutely. And that's a huge challenge. And, um, we've, we've definitely done that as Miriam and company. We launched a monthly dinner series called dinner with mayor. And so it's successful. <laughs> so fun. I love it. It's so fun. It's just been such a great way to encourage connectivity. And I've seen so much come from it as far as people staying in touch and making friends during a time when that's really just not it's not easy right no. now. And these are strangers. Mm -hmm. So our, our listeners are aware dinner yeah. with mayor is literally <laughs> if you want to sign up to have dinner with mayor, that's it. You don't need to know anyone. You don't even have to know Miriam. It's just if you're yeah. curious to just meet some great people, throw down on, in your kitchen and create a beautiful dish, which let me tell you, Miriam and co stitches the entire experience together from your ingredients list to, uh, how you're going to be preparing your food. And then everyone logs onto a zoom call. I was so excited when we did that over the summer yeah. and it was just so great. Like you said, so many wonderful people who just met that later stay in contact. Like I'm still in contact with so many of them and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's like my new friends. Like what's up? Yeah. Yeah, it was so fun to, I didn't really intentionally create that space and now it is a very intentional space for connectivity and I love it so much because there are people who arrive who I don't know and I get to host them for dinner, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. But, you know, in addition to doing dinner with Mare, which started as a passion project and has truly turned into something that we're offering as a company now, we're also working with brands to help launch their products or new concepts and also just to help walk through this time where they realize connection and really the composition of how they connect with people is so important and they might not have the internal resources or bandwidth to do it you know and I think especially getting to choose the brands that we work with and being very intentional about brands that are really focused on diversity and really focused on on women's leadership especially and also to be able to branch from the wine industry out into food and hospitality and even retail that's really special to me because I can I can make sure that my impact on the community is is very known you know as far as the projects that we're working on and we're amplifying too, oh you know and so. you are if no one's told you yet you are amplifying <laughs> like nobody's business <laughs> out here and something that you know it's so interesting you skipped over this because I love this about dinner with mayor you actually give people an opportunity mm -hmm. to have some of the funds and proceeds that go into basically buying into that experience 
actually goes to charitable organizations mm-hmm. that are invested in the BIPOC communities and the advancement of women. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally everything you do comes full circle. And I think that is the greatest part just about what embodies not just Miriam Ahmed as a person, but what you're building and what you're creating is, again, carry as you climb. Mm-hmm. If you want to do something fun that's going to be great to connect that's a a business opportunity for so many people how can we still help to give back and you are so great about uh finding those those places and spaces oh well thank you so much thank (laughs) you that's so nice you always say it better than i can no i don't i don't (laughs) it's like someone else painting your portrait for you (laughs) it's but it is it's so important to me i mean it's just it's ingrained in who i am that my legacy isn't just about what i build behind my name my legacy is how I help all the other things happen too yeah yeah so how we help bring other people into the mix how we Mm -hmm. help uh elevate their voices and I know right now you've got a really cool project going on um I am so getting ready I'm just like I got my credit card in my hand and I'm waiting to spend some cash (laughs) um you are working on this actual incredible project for the holidays coming up perfect timing it's Mm -hmm. tis the season Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about um this new venture that you're doing right now well I'm one of our clients is for the culture market for the culture yes it's a an Oakland-based market typically held in person launched in 2016 and was launched um, specifically focused on black women-owned businesses. And, you know, that could range from beauty products to cooking um, goods or wine or apparel and textiles and, I mean, at all of it. Also, I'm not going to have any money left at the end of the holiday season <laughs> because I see all the vendors come in and I'm like... I'm going to need that jacket. <laughs> I'm going to need that <laughs> pair of earrings. So true. But you I know, just look at your earrings all the time and I'm like, where do I get those? You're like also like my walking sort of sales pitch wardrobe because you're like, I got this shirt yes. from this person who's selling it so that they can contribute to this organization. I'm like, Absolutely. sold. I'm buying. Yes. Well, you know what? There's power in your purchase and you you, mm. you know, you can take that Ain't to the that bank. The truth. So with this particular um, market, we're bringing together over 40 vendors people who are selling like I said those goods that I was mentioning into one place for the holiday weekend and we're offering community experiences so that's you know where where I come in and um, this gal Janae who works with me she's our operations manager she's actually really sort of the wonder woman behind how we're handling everything with the vendors because it has to do with a lot of platform building and technology and and bless her for knowing how to deal with all of that because it's not my I'm, I'm not I'm not the tech expert over here <laughs> not that's me. for sure <laughs> no but the you know the real special piece about for the culture is that I started they were my first client after leaving the Culinary Institute of America and I really want to take on clients and projects with the purpose of elevating women as well as of course the BIPOC community and to have this be my first client out of the gate was just so special to me because Mm -hmm. it meant what I was putting out there intentionally was coming back you know and so these women are all incredible. The team of women behind putting on For the Culture is all women of color entrepreneurs. I so, love, and I follow it on Instagram, oh gosh, and I'm always amazing. like, I love all of you. Can I please meet yes, you in person? <laughs> they are all amazing women. And then, of course, the vendors themselves are all fantastic. There are so many cool things going on for the market. There's 
uh, tickets available right now for sale. You can go to For the Culture Market on Instagram and click through the bio, check out what the market will be. The marketplace itself will be free. Um, but the experiences are, it's very uh, low barrier to entry. We have early bird tickets for $10 and oh. GA tickets for, that's uh, our general admission tickets for $20. So it's all in support of the market and you get some really cool experiences if you end up buying the experience level tickets. So really, really fun project. And the women, I like, I cannot sing their praises enough. And I'm so, so grateful the timing worked the way that it did. And the, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to have any money left at the end of the holiday season. <laughs> so I'm going to be sending it all at the market. <laughs> I'm going to be right there with you yeah. bro, going into the 2021 year. But I'm fine with that <laughs> if it means, hey, we're we're spending our dollars in the appropriate places. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which I think is, is important, right? I mean, even as we're sitting here, you know, the, the inaugural series of the Big Sip where we're talking about, you know, the importance of bringing in black voices, brown voices, LGBTQ voices, women voices into the space, into the spaces that they're operating in, we all really have the option to tell ourselves, do I, where do I want to put my money? Mm -hmm. Who do I want to support? What mm -hmm. kind of people do I want to support? What values do I carry that I want to see, you know, being influenced in my purchasing power? Because yeah. you do, every single person has purchasing power. Mm -hmm. And when we can start to acknowledge that power that we have and actually filter it into people, organizations, businesses, ideas mm -hmm. that are funded and funneled through and inspired by a diverse group of individuals who are doing the work, bootstrapped yeah, sure. on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels good investing in them, especially when you see them start to flourish and then you just see everything coming to fruition. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing to be a part of and to witness on the outside as much as I'm sure it is being, being the person right at the core of it, the glue. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I, th it all I think together. it's super important for people to understand female entrepreneurs keep over half of every dollar in their community so that they receive. So if you're, if you are supporting a female entrepreneur, you are also supporting your community. So that's, that's already a service, you yeah. know, and don't take that for granted. And the other thing is, you know, it's been a hell of a year. <laughs> Shop small. Can you say that Shop, again? One more time? <laughs> Shop small. So many businesses, you know, nearly half of um, black owned businesses have been shut down by the pandemic and, and the just striving to get funding to reopen or reinvent. Mm -hmm. It's just, the numbers are abysmal. And if you think you know how low the number is, you should look because it is much lower than you think as far as what funding is available from not only small business loans and I mean really just peer-to-peer -peer loan availability but also from a venture capital standpoint there's just not a lot of funds being allocated to black owned businesses. And so anyway, shop small because this year has been hell on earth for all of us and it i think has. you know what if there's anything you can do this holiday season it's it's be just super intentional with your with your dollar be, you and know? i feel like everybody has that at the top of their mind right like i i have this this little bucket of money that mm -hmm. i still have from 2020 <laughs> how am i going to make it last throughout the year yeah. But not just thinking about how are you going to make it last and how are you going to use it, but where are you going to yeah, use it? Yeah, what's the impact of it? What sure. is the impact of it? I love that you just said that. Mm. And, I, and I'm curious. My, my, my wheels have been turning here. I'm curious to know 
who has impacted you throughout your life to really guide you and stitch you into the beautiful, wholesome individual (laughs) that you are right now? That's such a great question. You know, I talked about my parents earlier because they really, truly didn't know what to do with me. And when I finally figured out there was some kind of university path that I could follow (laughs) in hospitality, they said, okay, you know, I think that it wasn't just about them stitching me. It was them allowing me to say, this is wholeheartedly 100% who I am and this is how I'm going to continue to be and grow as that person. And they were like, okay, you know, so I think that was very pivotal instead of saying, well, it would be more convenient for us if you would go to medical school or X, Y, Z profession that we understand really well, which I'm sure there's so many people out there who get that. I mean, I I actually got that and I did switch (laughs) my major because my mom was like, "Mm, you can't go to St. Mary's college, which costs (laughs) 60 grand a year and major in nonprofit organizations. (laughs) Somehow that doesn't net. So so to her, it just didn't connect. Yeah. So she was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to need you to switch uh, your degree. But you, uh, you had the courage and you had the, you had maybe not so much the support right at the beginning, but you still had two individuals who were like, I'm going to let you Mm -hmm. stitch yourself together and really figure out, you know, where does Miriam's passion and heart cross in with, uh, practical practicality as well, mm-hmm. right? With what makes sense. And, yeah. and that's the path that made sense for you. For sure. And, you know, I, I got really lucky. I, I had a great professor when I was at Cornell that was very happy to challenge me at every turn, basically never stopped asking me when I was going to go get my PhD, which I, of course <laughs> I never did, but just someone who was like, Oh, you think you, you think the finish line is there? And then he, and then he'd like push the finish line a few more feet forward. And, and that was always very encouraging and it actually was pivotal in my, in my decision to come to Napa specifically. And really since then I have looked up to so many people in in the food and beverage industry, specifically through my work. I mean, I work very closely with Julia Coney. She's Mm. someone who she's, she's a wine professional. She founded an organization called black wine professionals that I'm an advisor to. I'm also the the designer. I love it. Yeah. And she's just someone who, you know, she'll answer the phone, you know, she, she will always show up with ready to, to answer my questions and provide feedback to me. And there were a lot of people at my time at the Culinary Institute, you know, I think of Andrew Zimmern and the value of his time, but get him granting me that time, you know, kind of sort of seeing what I wanted to accomplish and where I wanted to go and saying, telling me, you know what, it's, it's totally possible, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's so many more, there's so many more, but and that's, you know, that's when you have a really beautiful story is when you can take every piece of you genuinely look at yourself, analyze yourself and be like, there are so many people who are yeah. a part of who I am that influenced me in getting here. Absolutely. And that speaks to the the connections that we're able to make. It speaks to the mm-hmm. relationships that we're able to build. Um, it, it's just such a beautiful thing. And so I, I, I think that's why I really just want, you know, anybody tuning in right now, if you're thinking about doing something whether it's wine, whether it's hospitality, whatever that looks like for you, and you're wanting to take that leap and you just don't know how, look at your circle, look at your community, look at who's currently around you, who you're operating with, and just start asking questions, pick their brain, 
ask for advice. Just have enough faith in yourself, um, in, in what you know, what you know, not what anybody else is telling you, what they think you need to be doing, but what you know is your passion, things that you enjoy, things that you're even curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just like a, a, something new that you're wanting to dive into that you've maybe never even explored, um, take advantage of that. Absolutely. I mean, I would echo that. And I would also say if you're looking around and and you're not feeling necessarily like you have someone who's challenging you or willing to challenge you in a healthy way, then that would be the first person I would try to get into my circle would be someone who I can reliably trust to listen to me, to acknowledge where I'm coming from, but then not always but most often be willing to challenge where I'm coming from or challenge the bar that I'm setting Mm -hmm. or the next task that I've chosen because they're the person who's going to help you gut check every time. And like I said earlier, sometimes that challenge, you're going to say, thank you so much. I love you. I value your opinion. I just don't agree with it right now. And they're going to be able to say, okay, Miriam, you moved to Walla Walla and I support you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks mom. Thanks dad. (laughs) You know, so I just definitely, I think that, and I think, you know, I have so many amazing female friends in my life that I live and breathe by you being one of them. But, you know, I think about like, I have to have my annual Galentine's Day gather. I don't know what I'm going to do in 2021, but we made it by the, we made it. We uh, did. We had a nice little get together, but you know, I, though, if you aren't in a room, I don't know. I, I I think this is going around this meme about like spend time with people who are going to bring your name up in a room full of opportunities, right? Surround yourself by people who are going to say, that sounds like something that would really make Gabby tick. And I want to make sure that she knows that's an available opportunity. And that's part of it. But the other part is on you to s- express your interest in those opportunities yeah. to the people who you trust to mention your name in a, a room. A little so. bit of accountability yeah. that's in there, right? Just yeah. a little bit of accountability. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What would be the biggest, I guess, the the, the core of, of the advice that you would give someone, not necessarily having to be in the wine industry or hospitality, but just from all of your life experiences that have brought you to this moment where you were beaming I mean you are glowing right now just seeing where you're at um (laughs) and I hope you notice that yourself because if you don't I'm right here to remind you girl every single time what would that advice look like if if you know there was someone who was sitting across from you right now that was like where do I go from here how do I get this done I mean I will acknowledge that everyone's risk is different everyone's a uh, what you can risk is different so maybe you you can't risk putting all of your stuff into a car and driving to Walla Walla, but maybe you could risk looking online at what it might take to get there. You know, mm. you can take baby steps for risk. Um, that's a huge piece of of what's at the core because if you're just thinking about it and it's swirling in your head and maybe it's come up five times or 10 times or 15 times, the likelihood of that little nudge in your gut going away is very low. (laughs) It's just sort of going to get louder and maybe a little bit more uncomfortable until it says, look at me, open the internet (laughs) and and Google it or something or have a conversation with a friend. So I acknowledge that not everyone's, not everyone's risk taking 
position is going to be the same, but I would just at the core, if, if there's fear coming up for you, take a moment to find out where the fear is coming from, what experience maybe the fear is stemming from in your, in your previous experience, but then also ask yourself, well, but what if I did like, what's the worst thing that would happen if I did, Mm -hmm. which sometimes is nothing, nothing. What's the best thing we made up in our head. (laughs) What's the best thing that could happen if I did take that risk. And what happens if I don't do anything, if I do or I don't, or I stay perfectly still. And honestly, there have been moments for me in my life where the staying still part sounds way worse than the potential failure Mm. and sounds terrible by comparison to the potential success. So if you can just stop and ask yourself those questions, gut check, at every turn, those risks that seem really big start to seem a little smaller Mm -hmm. and more possible. And I think just at your core, you know, you got you. You do you got, got you. Because who like, else is gonna have you? You know, and so many people probably do have you, but you got you got you, and that's the most important thing I think. You know, at your core is just thank you so much for that advice. But this is screaming from inside my gun. I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for it. And if I fail, the worst thing is that I failed and I just lesson. pick myself back up. I'm, I'm not a believer in, in losses. I'm like, there's lessons, no losses over here. And yeah. sometimes it could be the biggest lesson of your life, colossal. Um, but at the end of the day, it teaches you what's either not or what is. And mm-hmm. it teaches you as well just the tenacity that you might have that maybe you didn't know you had before. Mm-hmm. You know, because just because something didn't work out doesn't mean that there wasn't good that still came out of it whether it was a lesson learned, whether it was a new connection made, mm-hmm. uh, a friendships, an opportunity. I mean, it, through it all, it, we grow through what we go through and we always hope that it propels us into a better place. And even when it doesn't feel like that's happening, even though none of us can probably look at 2020 and be like, what good came from this year? I'm sitting across from someone who just launched her own company <laughs> and is working with FTC market for the culture about to light it up for the holidays. Like what? Sometimes we're just like life just like shoves you into this really uncomfortable place. And it's through that uncomfortableness that we kind of have to sift through the BS and we have to find ourselves and we have to be willing to face sometimes the questions that we haven't been wanting to answer ourselves for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where you're like, Oh, that didn't kill me. I'm still here. I'm resilient. I'm badass. I'm, I'm badass. That's <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm so excited. We kicked off this series with you. I wanted no one else. You were the first person I'm in my honored. mind that I was like, oh, I already know who's coming in here. <laughs> um, so I am just elated at the fact that, that you are sitting here with me, that we're sipping on some wine. We're letting everybody know, spilling that knowledge on just beautiful individuals like you who are at the core of doing the work. And by the work, I mean, obviously advancing, not just the BIPOC community and women, but really honing in on how do we continue to diversify and include so many individuals in a space that hasn't always necessarily opened itself up to include the voices of Mm -hmm. of many different people. Yeah. So cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Congratulations Um, on this fantastic endeavor. Congratulations (laughs) to you. So how can people um, connect with 
you, stay in touch. If they want to be a part of, and, and maybe they have an idea they're trying to explore mm-hmm. and they're like, I need Miriam and company to be all over this. Wow. How do we get access to you? I, I know I have I, how I have access to you. <laughs> text how does Gabby. the rest of the world? <laughs> Don't text me. I already can't reply. There's like 15 unread messages on my iPhone. Well, I love meeting new people and connecting and I mean, any number of ways. I am on Instagram at Good Friends Good Food. That's not it. changing it. Not going to say sorry about it. <laughs> That's, again, how we know she's right where she needs to be. Good Friends Good Food. And my website is MiriamAhmed.co. And I, the spelling, I think, will be provided for you. It's not, not always easy for everybody. But that's the best place also to send me an email. And just let's get in touch. Let's talk. And I'm here for the people who want to connect for business reasons. But I'm also here for the people who are like, you know what? I just told you to take a risk. So come, come to me. Come, come with, come to me with that risk. I'm here for it. (laughs) And I'm so excited for you. And yeah, I mean, let's grow our network. Let's commune. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Is there any last minute things that you want to go ahead and and leave our listeners with? I'm so inspired by this series that you're doing. I'm so inspired. The last words, I mean, that's such a hard question, Gabby. You're putting me on the spot. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I not do that? (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, Miriam, please end us with some words of wisdom and bide your time until you come up with them. No, I mean, I just... All I can say is we're all learning at lightning speed right now. And just I hope you're spending some of that time learning about you. And as you learn about you, that you you really sink your teeth into some of the things that make you tick. And that doesn't have to be what makes the person next to you tick. And it doesn't have to be in the form of validation by likes or comments. Mm. It can be validation through how you feel when you wake up in the morning or that new friend you made or that reward that you got from investing in yourself. So I don't know. Is that that. okay? Um, Are you kidding me? That's freaking perfect. (laughs) I was like, the moment she spoke, I was like, and ladies and gentlemen, this is Miriam Ahmed. (laughs) I love you. You're the greatest. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you at FTC Market. I'll see you there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Tune in next week. We'll have uh, the next special guest. But until then, Miriam Ahmed great friend, incredible human being at the core and center of, like I said, basically everything, chefs, sommeliers, entrepreneurs, women, people of color. She's doing the damn thing. I want y'all to get to meet her. So make sure you head on over, check out our Instagram page. Good friends, good food. We out. We out. 